Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. I'm your host, And today we're ending September with a bang. I think it's a bang. I hope you think it's a bang. My friend Amy Hannon is joining me on the show today. If you've been a long time happy hour listener, you will be familiar with Amy because she's been around for a while. She's been on some of the shows. She was a guest at one of our holiday gift guides a couple years ago. If you came to a live event, she was at a live event one year and she's just, she's a great friend of mine and she's fun to have on the show. And today we're talking all about hospitality. You might know Amy from her store, Unimaze, which is in Northwest Arkansas, or from her cookbook, after the same name, Unimaze. But now she's releasing a book in October called Gather and Give. And the one thing that I really love about Amy and appreciate in this conversation and in this book, and honestly, just how she lives her life, is that she really believes that hospitality is not just this fun thing that we should do. It's not just a gift that some people have, but she claims and believes and stands on the truth that hospitality is a claim that's given to us from God. And so we talk about that today. And I think you're going to be so encouraged whether you feel as though you are the most hospitable person that you know, or you are quick to admit this is something I need to work on. So sit back, relax. Here is my conversation with Amy Hannon. Amy Hannon, welcome back to the happy hour. Hi, sister friend. I love seeing you. I love seeing you too. And it's fun to have you back on. So the last time you were here was episode 195, which forever ago, because this is episode 526. So I know. And that was 2018. It was a long time ago. Well, you released your cookbook in 2018. So I bet it was. I did. I did. I know that was so fun. It was so fun. I got to be in your little love shack. You came to the to the little the <laughs> little, little uh, uh what do we, the little uh it was my office yeah and you came it out it was there. your office and it I is. just remember you and Sam were like are we coming out here and she's going to like put, kill us or something because you go through the river well, and over the wood over the yes. over the river and through the woods yeah yes yes yeah oh yeah we were driving out there and you know you have to cross that part where the water goes over <laughs> the road and I guess. I think it was spring. Was it maybe spring? Anyway, y'all had had rain and it was, you know, running and we had to cross it. And, and I'm like, said, you're good. You're good. Just go over it. You're, you're fine. Good. Just keep coming. <laughs> Just come to our little secluded barn situation in the woods. Oh and gosh. Sam said, you think the Ivies are luring us out here so that they can like <laughs> take all of our money and bind us and throw us into the, oh, yeah, into the, into the holler? Into the creek. Yeah. We're going to throw the yeah. handings out there. Well, I know. Yeah. And now... You know, I have another office, which is great, and still it's have so that low pretty. water crossing. That's for sure. No, it's beautiful. You look pretty. You must Aww. have picked the colors according to your color wheel. You're kind because you look really nice. Yeah, have you done the color wheel? No, but literally, the reason it's on my brain is because my friend Meredith that works for me, she said, "I think we wheel," and I said. I did it like when beauty control, uh-huh. beauty control, beauty counter, uh-huh. somebody did it from like 25 years ago when I was in my twenties. And she said, I think we need to do it. And then my friend Beth and I talked about it this morning. She said, I think that we need, well, Emily P. Freeman put it on her Instagram recently and she held up like a neutral and then she looked like a dead person. And then she <laughs> put up like a beautiful red and it changed everything. Yeah. And so, yeah, 
a have coworker. You? I haven't done it, but Heather McFadden told me about it when we did an interview. And then Amanda, who works here with us, she just recently yeah. did it. Here's why I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid that the color I love the most, they're going to tell me I look the worst in. <laughs> and I'm going to think, I've been well, living know. my whole life looking the worst. <laughs> I mean, I'm all, I've lived for all these years with shadows and dark circles. I thought I looked choosing. amazing. <laughs> I looked great. I, I cannot land on a color of lipstick that suits me to save my life. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I know my, my um, shirt and dress colors pretty well. Although I made a really poor choice over the weekend for a big event and I rude every <laughs> single picture. I was like, um, I look like a dead leaf. <laughs> like the leaf that this. comes off. That's like yes, not yet I dead, was, but almost yeah. dead. <laughs> and what like the kind that crunches, not the pretty kind, not the pretty kind that flutters. Yeah. And I just didn't have quite enough orange in my dress and it was real rust. Uh-huh. And I texted that same for my friend, Beth. I said, I look like a dead leaf and I'm taking pictures with people and it's on, it's all over the internet. So anyway, whatever, you know what? We I need to have learn. my colors done. Yeah. You live and learn. Yeah. Well, yeah. let us know what you figure out if you do. Okay. Um, I will. Amy, it's fun to be with you because although you haven't been on the happy hour in a while, we've done a little bit of things together in the past yeah. couple of years, which is super fun. Um, you were you and Sam, your husband, were on our marriage challenge. You've done a holiday gift guide episode with me, which is super yes. fun. And I came to your store at Unimaze. You did? And, I and you had a book signing in my house. I had a, oh my gosh, I had a book signing in your house. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I My favorite thing mm-hmm. is that when I came to Unimaze, I always say like, I came and we did something together. I didn't do anything. Aaron Ivy cooked and I stood there and looked cute, maybe, if, cute. depending on my color cute scheme. In the co- I don't know what it was. <laughs> in that color that, that washed you out. <laughs> that color that Who knows what it was? You. Who knows what it was? Um, yes. And then I came and did the... um. Jamie, you have so many things. I don't know what they're called. The gift the, guide? The girl thing. The girl night. The girl night. Like oh, my gosh. It's like happy hour live. Unplugged. <laughs> Which is so much fun. Oh, my gosh. I also have a little bit of like beef with you for putting me up there with Catherine. From the who bachelor. was a bachelor. <laughs> she, was, she won the guy. So mean. Y'all, y'all are both oh. amazing. That was so much fun. Well. I basically wore a muumuu and she wore like a bodysuit. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so much fun. And I fun. still like you. Thank you. Like thank you. you, thank you. And then I went with you to Charleston. We just had Christy oh Malzahn on the show. And so her and I were reminiscing I about uh, Charleston and just... We've had so many opportunities to to do kind of some work stuff together and life together. And I'm really grateful for you. So I want to say this. I'm super, super, super excited about your new project. But before we get to it, I need to let everyone know that Amy Hannon is like the nicest, sweetest, loving person until Texas comes to Arkansas. <laughs> Texas looks a fool. And Amy is texting me photos you weren't even at the game, were you? Just your people. No, just my people. Your people were there. there. And then when you guys almost beat Alabama this year. It was so good. And y'all lost by yep. like a kick uh-huh. at the very split last second. Yep. And y'all were sweating your brains out. Yep. And I was like, like physically and emotionally sweating your brains. I was like, do I text her and razz her a little? Did I? I might have. But I don't you know, know what? if I did Surely or not. Arkansas fans would have wanted Texas to beat Alabama. 
You know, it was a toss up. I'm not going to lie. Okay. In my family group text, we were really torn. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like, pick your poison. Yeah. Like, who do you actually want to lose yeah. worse? I had a lot um, of SEP, SEC people telling me, especially people with big rivals with Alabama, they're like, we were mm-hmm. rooting for Texas for the first time ever. And I was like, oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Well, I would say this. I... I have dear people in Texas. I mean, you and, you know, lots of friends that are um, Texas folks. And so I actually was re- probably pulling more for Texas Thank because you. it's just always, you know, every time Alabama loses, an angel gets its wings. And so that's what we were kind of hoping for. Not many wings that- over the past couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, I wrote about it in my book. Like I actually wrote about it in my book. I actually say to Alabama, don't y'all tire of winning football games. Can't you let the rest of us in on the fun with the world? Brother, you know, welcome to, you know, that was the thing is I was just literally thinking, okay, Texas, y'all are so excited about joining the SEC. That's what it feels like that, that kind of hope and then being just dashed is that's 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 what it feels like to be an SEC. So you know your day is coming, and you just got a little taste of it. It's not great. Well, on the way to the game, I was listening to a sports talk, and they were talking about. I mean, the last SEC team we played was Arkansas, and yeah. that did not go too well for us. Yeah. Uh, but they were talking about. Okay, here we go, yeah. SEC. Let's go. Um, yeah. But I love Hilarious. that you're a college football fan as well, and living up in Arkansas. Now, did you go yeah, to Arkansas? I did. Yeah, that's where I met Sam. I love it. Oh, yes. And my parents went there and all my kids. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize it was that much generation. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So I have um, a son that graduated last year. And then I have two boys that are juniors. And one of them the other day said, because I've been putting hints, because I would love it. I mean, I would really love it if one of my kids ended up at University of Arkansas. And the reason is, is because... I've been up to Fayetteville a handful of times doing stuff with you. It's beautiful. Stuff. It's beautiful. First, there's three things that make me really happy about it. Number one, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Number mm-hmm. two, I don't know if this is right. It feels like a mini Austin in a lot of ways. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm the only one that's ever said that. Anyone else feel that way or am I going out on left field here? No, that's a hundred percent. So what is, what is Austin's like mantra? Keep, keep Austin weird. Fayetteville's is keep Fayetteville funky. See, there and you go. so they actually sort of have modeled themselves after Austin. Like everybody talks about it. I so yeah, it. okay. So I on the that. vibe. I, I, I picked mm-hmm. that picked up on that. And then the third thing, this feels weird to say because I don't live there and I don't understand it or experience it. It feels like there's something special going on there with like Christians and. I don't travel the world and I don't have my pulse on all of America by any means. But I have always felt something different when I'm up there. Would you agree with that? You know, I would. And I've actually told people this, um, you know, multiple times. There is some, I mean, Northwest Arkansas is just really spiritually rich. There are some really healthy. That's what I mean, too. Like good, healthy, yeah. Uh-huh. Good churches. Um, there are some like campus ministries for college students are legit, like making disciples. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a really really sweet place um so we, and we i mean we feel it and we're we're grateful too yeah so we yeah. just kind of ride the wave and try to stay faithful to the lord and you know 
let him do his thing here. One so. of my kids the other day was like, I think I would be interested in looking at it. And I was like, yes, I, I would. I would really just love it if one of my people ended up there. And so I, all that to say, I might be coming up for a little school visit. So I'll get to see you. Does that mean that I need to get you an Arkansas Razorback t-shirt? Well, let's not, let's not, let's not go too far. <laughs> let's not go there yet. <laughs> I was thinking about the other day. I'm also taking them for a Texas Tech visit and nothing against Texas Tech. I just am like, I don't want any of my kids to go to Tech. A lot of reasons. You're going to get emails. You're about <laughs> to get emails. And I'm sorry. There is are- Lindsay listening? She needs to edit that. Because you're about to get some hate mail. There People are, some, are like, what's wrong? There are some great things happening at Tech, I'm sure. It's forever away and there's nothing there. All the things. But sure. I really do would be happy wherever God put my kids. And I mean that sincerely because I am clearly taking them to a college visit at Tech. Um so we're going to start doing all those visits. So we shall see. I love where that. they end up. It's and crazy. I, I hope one it's of them a crazy season up in Fayetteville. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Also going back to, I know this is not a parenting podcast, although I think we always talk about it. Um, When I came to your house, Grace, and we had our first podcast, your kids, so it was five years, five years ago. And your, my kids were, Gracie was graduating high school. Luke was a sophomore and Isaac was an eighth grader. That cannot be right. You asked me about it and I said, you know, this is, it's so hard. And I think I started to cry. I said, you're just never going to believe how fast it goes. Just eat up these days. And it's just, you know, all that. And, um, and now you're there. I mean, you've got somebody graduating and here you are. I mean, that crazy. It's so crazy. It is literally, and I think about a lot with the podcast. I mean, I remember a mutual friend of ours, Susie Davis was on years ago. And I remember (laughs) the end of that show, I try really hard to keep myself together. I'm like, Jamie, you're the host. Keep your emotions in check. Mm-hmm. And I remember I just cried at the end of that episode because I couldn't imagine my kids being big. And here we are. And honestly, like you can probably attest to this as well. I had so many friends that would say, you get to the stage where you're just like, this is the normal next step. I mean, you know, you're just like, it's not like we're like, oh, get on out of the house. But you feel like, oh, I can see how God set us up to mature and grow and, and move on. And so I'm starting to feel a little bit about with that. Our son who graduated last year, he's mm-hmm. doing a gap year. So he's going to um, community college and working this mm-hmm. year. And so he's home an extra year. And that's a beautiful gift that I didn't expect. Um, and I'll also be so happy for him wherever he ends up next year. It's just... It's unexpected in parenting yeah. that you're like, I'm sad and happy at the same time. How is that possible? Well, 
you basically, the minute you birth a child, you live in the condition of bittersweet. I mean, that's just what it is. It's like every, everything is a little bittersweet. So it's like at the same time, your heart aches a little bit that they've had their first birthday and that they're crawling, but then you love that they're crawling. It's so fun. And you know, all of that, but every season has just been such a gift and it's so fun. And I sat across the table yesterday with one of our new worship leaders at, um, fellowship. We took him to lunch and he has six kids. I think he and his wife have, they're, they're coming up here. They're on their way up here from West Monroe. And, um, I said, don't y'all have six kids? And they're all like 14 and under Uh and all that. And he said, yes, and we homeschool and all that stuff. And I just said, you're just doing, I mean, you're doing the Lord's work. I mean, there's nothing more valuable than what you're doing right now with your kids. But let me just tell you, having big kids is fun. I mean, it's so fun. I love my big kids. Uh, So we see them all the time. I mean, it's so fun. You're in even another stage before me, but even my big Mm -hmm. kids now, it's more fun. We've talked extensively offline about this, how it is probably more it's exhausting. Little kids and big kids are both exhausting. It's just a different exhaustion, you know, and oh my I love now I love the responsibility they have. I love having three extra drivers. I love the conversations. It's just mm-hmm. I love going to bed and not have to you know, like I don't have to put someone to bed like my kids stay up later mm-hmm. than me. You know this because they're like I have homework and all the mm-hmm. things and I'm like it's 10 o'clock. Mom's got to go to the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love it all. It's just it's really, really great. Okay, this is it's not, fun. you are not here for a parenting podcast. <laughs> you are here because I want to talk to you about hospitality. And you have a book coming out in just a couple of weeks on October 18th. And it is called Gather and Give, Sharing God's Heart Through Everyday Hospitality. And if there's one thing I know about you, it's that you love hospitality. And it's it's not only a message that you that you preach and teach and walk out, but it is one that you and your family have walked out for years. You say in your book, the world is primed for a hospitality revival. And if you have a kitchen in your home and the love of Jesus in your heart, then you are called to do something about it. So what is a hospitality revival, Amy? <laughs> well, um, also, let me say that I thought that statement was real bold when I wrote it. And I thought I'm keeping it in there because I want to really rally the troops. Rally the troops. Mm-hmm. And one of my sweet publicists, who was so kind and beautiful, she wrote a thing that said I was gently leading this conversation. I was like, No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> I'm pushing people in the back between yeah. the shoulder blades and saying, Go to your neighbor's house and invite mm-hmm. them over. What are you waiting for? So I said, We probably need to change that because <laughs> I'm not gently leading. Yeah, I'm cheerleading. And so, you know, I mean, I just think. Let's see, two things. Obviously, we're on the other side of a pandemic. And I'll tell you one of the things that has grieved me is that you remember when we very first, like we had to go home, Mm -hmm. they said, you can't go to church, you're not going to school, you can't talk to your neighbors, we couldn't shake hands, we couldn't be, I mean, none of it, right? And we just longed for each other. Mm -hmm. We couldn't imagine life without each other. Well, then it went so long that I think we actually became accustomed to it. We got it. used to it. We've gotten used to it. Mm-hmm. And we figured out, I mean, we can Netflix like Olympic champions and we can get our own food and come home and sit by ourselves on our couches and eat our dinner. And we, we just got really used to it. And at first it just broke our hearts and then it just became our way. Yeah. And we're on the other side of that and things are opening back up and we're so grateful. And I still, to this day, cannot believe we just lived through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that people, I and mean, we know this, the condition of the world, anxiety, depression, suicide, anger, violence, divorce, hurt, abuse, you name it, all of it. We are 
I think we're feeling the repercussions of just being alone and feeling isolated and sad and hurt. And I really think we need each other. I think we need to find common ground. I think that we need to sit around a table and love each other and talk and identify and share needs with one another. And I think that happens around a table. I really, I really think that Honestly, I think mm. that there is something so special and set apart about a hospitality encounter of all kinds, because we really can lean into each other's lives. Um, so I think post pandemic, I think that the world is ready for a hospitality revival. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is speaking to the church, big C, I think we've had some behavior this is me gently. This is me gently leading I'm this ready. conversation. Gently lead us. Here we go. I'm, I'm gently leading you. I think we've had some really shameful behavior of people who claim to be Christians in the last several years, and it has marred the name of Christianity. It's put a really bad taste in people's mouths for people who claim to be people of faith or to be. Um, Christians or people that say they live their lives like Christ Mm. because they've been horrible human beings on a lot of accounts. And I think really and truly one of the reasons that the world is primed for a hospitality revival is because right now, if we were to say to a lot of our questioning or unbelieving friends, Hey, come to church with me. Mm -hmm. They'd say, no, thanks. I don't want to have anything to do with what I've seen people do, act, live, speak, behave. And I just, you know, and I'm a pastor's wife. Like, Mm -hmm. I love to say, come sit with me at church. I mean, I I love church. And we've been, you know, we've been at the same church for almost 30 years. And I mean, I think it's absolutely important to be able to have people enjoy that experience and worship and hear the word and all that kind of stuff, build community. But I don't think that come to church with me is the answer anymore mm-hmm. to getting people to see and understand what it looks like to have a life that is changed by salvation in Christ. Yeah. I think it's going to have to be a quieter life on life, subtle invitation. Mm-hmm. Hey, come up, come over. Why don't y'all come over and sit with yeah. us and watch Arkansas beat Texas <laughs> or why don't y'all, Hey, I've got extra ice cream and cobbler. It turned out to be a pretty night. Meet me on the porch. Let's just sit and visit mm-hmm. or just leaning in more in people's lives, more one-on-one because I, I have such a great opportunity then to just be Jesus to them, mm-hmm. to care for them well to listen to them, to laugh with them, to find our common ground instead of the way that some Christians have been nothing but divisive to say, Hey, look, we're alike this way. Right. Look, we, we love the same things. Mm-hmm. We believe a lot of the same things. We're a lot like you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really think it's a more subtle and a sweeter and probably more strategic way for believers to you know, share the hope of Jesus in the lives of people. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this for believers and with the church. You, another way you gently lead us here (laughs) is you say like a big, bold statement where you say that hospitality is a command from Jesus. And so let's talk about that because I think a lot of people would go like, what? A command? Like, where is that command? And so walk us through where we, where you have come to say like, no, this is not just something that is like maybe a good thing that you should do. Jesus actually commands his, his followers, his disciples to be hospitable. Tell us about that. 
Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's something that I had to study and kind of embrace and chew on and figure out like it's actually Paul and it's in Romans 12 where he's telling us what does it look like to be a Christian and how do we love people and what kind of love is it? And how do we live with one another and how do we minister to people and needs or whatever? And so he's kind of given us this whole big thing about how we live and love the world around us. And then he ends that passage and he says, share with others, share with one another in need and practice hospitality. And he didn't say, you know how sometimes there's scripture that says, let us, let let me encourage you to, or hey, Ephesians, I encourage you to Mm -hmm. whatever. I urge you, therefore, Mm -hmm. that's a strong encouragement. Like, hey, it'd be good for you guys to consider this. There isn't any of that with practice hospitality. It's just this practice hospitality. And, you know, when you're studying the word, do it. Mm -hmm. And when you're, when you're studying the word of God, you, you identify that as a command, not an exhortation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it can hurt a lot of people's feelings when you say that hospitality is a command, but it is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the reason that it is, and the reason that, you know, what we see in scripture is Jesus didn't have a home of his own. He didn't really have a place to lay his head. So he did a lot of his ministry around the table, on the shore, over a shared meal, in people's homes, over a shared meal. And he used the ministry of hospitality in people's Mm. homes to love people and to share the good news of the gospel and to get to the heart of things and all of that. I hear this all the time, like literally if I had a nickel for all the times that I had this conversation with women, I had one yesterday that say... Oh my goodness, my friend, it's her gift. She's just got right. the gift of hospitality. You know that. You've oh, heard yeah. people say that. Uh-huh. But it's not really my gift. She's just so gifted. And you know what? You don't have to be gifted if it's a command. Mm. You don't have to be gifted it's a command if it's a command. And let me tell you, in my book, I fess up, I fess up very quickly about some of the things that I'm commanded to do that I'm not good at Mm. or that are hard for me. And being completely honest with you, it's just sitting down and sharing the gospel one-on-one. I'm called as a Christian to share the gospel, Mm -hmm. to tell people the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. I'm freak out. I mean, I feel sick. I get sweaty. My heart races because I know in that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord is putting this on the T for me. I'm Mm. supposed to be hitting this right now. And I'm so nervous. I'm going to do the wrong thing. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to mess it all up. But I'm still called and commanded to share the gospel. Some people, it's so natural to them. Like they can just share the gospel. Mm. Like it isn't any big breathing. It just is so natural and fluid and they don't sweat or panic. But whether I sweat and panic or they can do it with such ease, it is still a command it doesn't for get us you off to the follow. Hook. Yeah. It doesn't get us off the hook. And the same thing goes with hospitality. Romans 12 says practice hospitality. So it's a command for us. We see Jesus modeled it like crazy when he did ministry. So true. For me, I'm an Enneagram too. And I love people and I love to cook for people. And I love to open my home and touch them and squeeze their arms and get in their faces and say, tell me how you are and tell me your story and all that. That's it's natural for me. So I know that. Yeah. But just because it might not be natural for you or someone else who's listening doesn't mean that we get the, um, 
you know, we get to just write it off or yeah. disregard the command because it's something that's hard. And we have to, in those moments, we really have to lean into the Lord and the Holy Spirit to do the work for right. us and through us. Right. You know, you said, I think it's so interesting to talk about when you said so many people say like, well, that's not my gifting. You know, my my aunt, mm-hmm. my aunt Jerome, she is a phenomenal hostess and she's right. very hospitable. I don't have that gifting. Well, and I totally agree with you 100% that, that this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be practicing this. But I think I think people need to understand what does it mean to be hospitable because they put this, they put something on Amy. Amy Hannon is, she's hospitable. She is, she is the hostess with the mostess, all the things. And we're going to talk about in a minute about things that don't like, you're not good at this because of these things. You're good at it because of God. But I think first I want to just get people a little bit of like hope here. What do you mean when you're saying this is a command to be hospitable? Like, does this mean that like we're having supper clubs in our house twice a month? Does this, you know what I mean? Like, does this mean that every baby shower I have to host because Paul and Jesus tell me to? What do you mean when you're saying that to people? Baby, I think that, baby shower, yes. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. confusing <laughs> to people who think, 100%. when they think it's a gifting versus a command. So, because uh-huh. with a gifting, you're like, oh, you know what? I'm not the best at spreadsheets. Don't give me a spreadsheet job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what is your, what do you tell people when, they, when you try to tell them, no, you can do this. And this is what we're talking about. Well, I think what we have to understand is what is biblical hospitality? Like if you know what it is, right. it isn't overwhelming. What the problem is, is that, and I'm guilty. I've done all this too. Listen, I share all my shame <laughs> and all the ways that I did it wrong, all the ways that my heart and my eyes were set on all the wrong things early in my life. I knew I loved to cook and host people, but it was about me. Mm. It wasn't about them. It wasn't about the Lord. I wanted them to think I was great. And that there's a that is a pressure that nobody needs to put on themselves mm-hmm. because it's brutal. And then yep. you're really actually you're a terrible human being to your family. <laughs> well, you just become miserable because it's miserable. Just so self-consumed. Yes. You're absolutely so consumed. It's gross. Um Biblical hospitality understands, this is so simple. Biblical hospitality understands that a simple invitation for connection and community is it creates the perfect platform. It's the perfect opportunity, whatever that looks like, for emotional, relational, and spiritual transactions to take place. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Yep. That is, we're going to get takeout. I would love to connect with you. I would love to build a relationship with you. Um and you've, you've been there, you've seen it like sitting around a table is the perfect place. It's this dream environment that the Lord gets in and stirs up yeah. where relational transactions take place, mm-hmm. where emotional transactions take place, where spiritual transactions take place. And that's all it is. It's about God and others, period. It's not about me. Period. Do I love to set up a beautiful dinner and make a beautiful memory for people. I do. But, and those are the ones that are worth putting on Instagram because they're pretty. I love grocery yeah. store flowers arranged mm-hmm. in a vase. I mean, it's, I love that. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. It can completely with the right heart, all of that can be God honoring. Yeah. But most of my hospitality is, I'm not kidding. It's, it's takeout. I ate takeout on your back porch with you. You, you ate fried chicken and you said chicken. you were a vegan. <laughs> mm-hmm. I fed I fed fried chicken to a vegan. So good. Um, we had takeout, yep. fried chicken, green beans on the patio. Yep. 
And we ate it straight out of the styrofoam containers. Sure did. And we had paper napkins that came in the little plastic sleeves and you had to poke the hole out and get your fork and your napkin Mm -hmm. out. And the salt and pepper might've been in the bottom. Um, it, I mean, we're so casual about it. Like we may just call somebody and say, Hey, we know you guys have a big wedding week and all your family and friends are in town. We just want to run a little treat to your door and Mm -hmm. hug you guys and pray. And it's just so much easier than everything the world has shown us because everyday hospitality isn't photogenic. Mm. It's not. Yeah. It's regular. It's mm-hmm. I my, like my neighbor, my sweet little neighbor next door is a young mom who is so precious and she's raising two babies and they're on her legs and her husband works. And I mean, I'll go over to her, I'll text her and say, I've just got soup. Do y'all need some, would it serve you guys tonight? If I just had some soup while you've got a newborn that was mm-hmm. in the hospital for several weeks, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like all that. And then I tell her, I have not showered. I look disgusting. I won't look at you if you won't look at me. And she's like, <laughs> I love that. And I take soup to her and we meet on our porches and mm-hmm. our driveways match up. And we lean in and I ask her how things are going and I encourage her and I tell her that I'm praying or we pray with them. Um, You know, and it's just food is this beautiful little common ground comfort Mm. that just speaks to people's hearts. It's kind and it's compassionate and it's loving and it's thoughtful. And so, I mean, it's just, we understand that it really is about just building relationships Mm -hmm. with people so that we can be Jesus, so we can hear needs and meet needs and sweep in with kindness or comfort or, I mean, I don't even know at all. I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes you need to have a, a big time conversation with some yeah. somebody about some hard stuff, but mm-hmm. we let the Lord lead and we just buy the pizza and we make ourselves available. That's just kind of all there is to it. You say in here, and you've kind of alluded to this, but I'd love to talk about it because we've already talked about how if if Jesus is commanding us to be hospitable and to and to love people that way, then it's not an optional thing. And it's not that you have to be quote unquote good at it. It's just really mm-hmm. open your home. And I love your definition that you gave about hospitality. But a lot of people would still get hung up and be like, okay, I'm listening to Amy. This is why it's easy for Amy because you know what? She's a good cook. She has a cookbook. If you have a cookbook, you're a good cook. You got to be hospitable. She has a cookbook. Her house is awesome. I've been to your house. Your house is awesome. It's very inviting. It's very comfy. It was very put together when I was there. I'm sure it's not like that every day, but they might think her husband's a pastor. All the think blah, blah, blah. Your kids are out of the house. This is a hard season for me. But you say pretty openly, you're like, none of, even though all those things might be true, none of them are what makes the reason that lives are changed in your home. It's all because God uses it. So how do we get past, how do we as people who want to be hospitable and want to open up our home, how do we get past the things that we all want to say, it's no big deal that there's laundry on the couch. It's no big mm-hmm. deal that you have a two month old, you know, and a four year old. It's, it's no, how do we get past those things and really allow God to use us? I mean, I just think we have to. We have to make sure we have to ask the Lord, first of all, to change our hearts and help us to focus on the right thing. I mean, because I can tell you all the how to's in the world, but until you really take any of those insecurities or fears to the Lord and ask him to use you in spite of those things, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the, that's key. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I can tell you do this, do this, but really that's between you and the Lord. Um, to seek him in that and then let him really use you. And here's what I would say. Just remember that we are 
all, all of us. I mean, whether you're super famous or you're a normal person or no, three people know you, two people know you, or 2 billion people know you. Everyone is dying to find common ground. We've got to figure that out and camp out on common ground. And the table does that. And the thing is that everybody, everybody has had children in their house and everybody has shoes under the coffee table and everybody has dust on their lampshades, whether there are two people or 2 billion people who know you, you, everybody has toothpaste in the sink. Everybody has an orange ring in their toilet. Like we that is how you live. Mm-hmm. And what I have learned to really love and appreciate the older that I've gotten, I like to see how people live. I enjoy it. I like to see it. It tells me so much about them. And then that gives me common ground. I'm like, oh, they're pile makers like me. I'm a tidy pile maker. Mm-hmm. So everything is not put away, but it's kind of tucked away in yeah. a stack. I love seeing that about somebody that I would have maybe gone into their home and thought, oh, she doesn't have stacks. Mm. And then I see her stacks. I'm like, oh, she does. Or everybody has stacks, that's for sure. Everybody has stacks, but we put them all away and we panic when people come over because nobody must have stacks but me. Yeah. And I just think that that's the thing is just understanding that it's such a bigger picture than you. It's such a bigger picture than your stacks and the dust on your lampshades, which let's just talk about it. Nobody knows how to remove it. It's like, what do you do? I've seen a thousand things. Vacuum, tape roller, <laughs> dryer sheets. I leave it. I'm like, you know what? It's it fine. is what it is. It's fine. It's what it is. And so, you know, common ground is the goal because when we find common ground, we have something that we can camp out on. And yeah. we that's where relationships are built. I mean, yeah. think about it. The people you have relationships with are people that you found common ground with. Yeah. And so- why would we not want to be as normal as possible so that people can connect with us so that then we can build a relationship and fellowship the church where we are actually has this, this mantra um, that says that the gospel travels best on the road of relationships. Well, if we're trying to share the gospel through relationships, well, how do you build relationships? Mm-hmm. Common ground. Yeah. And so be normal. There's, there's a book um, that I love Um, And I can't remember the name of both of the authors. It's two men. It's called The Simplest Way to Change the World. And they have a quote that says, the world could use more ordinary Christians opening their ordinary lives so that others can see what life in light of the gospel looks like. Mm. And I'm like, okay, ordinary Christians, that's me. Mm -hmm. Ordinary opening their ordinary lives, that's us. Mm -hmm. With the goal, the so that, Others can see what just life, what does it look like mm-hmm. to live in the, the fullness of life in Christ, saved by grace in our homes? Yeah. We, you know, and I, I just think we have to, you know, get over the hump and understand the bigger picture. Yeah. That's of true. what our hospitality is, truly. Yeah. I love the definition of the biblical hospitality. And, you know, most people listening are followers of Jesus, and, and that would be our, are mm-hmm. he's he's not just a great teacher he's our messiah but he does teach us mm-hmm. a lot here obviously in the scriptures and we see him as being a great example and you talk a lot in mm-hmm. this book about how Jesus is our example and ways that he did mm-hmm. can you tell us like a way that we can see like a way that we saw our savior be hospitable to the people he was with 
Oh my goodness. I mean, there are so many times. I mean, there are multiple accounts in like Luke, tons of them, where he is in some sort of hospitality encounter situation over a table, reclined at the table, on the shore, in someone's home, all of that. And every time he took the opportunity, this is this is kind of where where the big picture for our hospitality is, yeah, we want to meet people and build relationships and connect and all of that and share food and all that. But Jesus always took the opportunity in those hospitality encounters to get to some kind of heart work Mm. or spiritual thing. So, and it doesn't have to be huge. Yeah, It's not pulling out a um, gospel track. Did you remember those? Unfold them in different ways uh-huh, and then they uh-huh. make a cross. Yeah. You don't have to pull out a dinner napkin and share the bridge illustration. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be prepared with a whiteboard. Let me say this. I would actually tell you not to do this. I'm going to say, please hold on to the whiteboard and yeah. the uh, whole Roman roads on uh-huh. the napkin. It's, it's, yeah, it's good and you can do it. But and you'll not- know... You'll know when it's time in any relationship for the, that the Lord is like, Hey, I think it's time to go a little deeper here. You're going to know that. Um, But yeah, our hospitality isn't intended to be like that right off the bat by any stretch. But I mean, I just think that, um, you know, Jesus just would, you know, say a little something. He would address a little need. He would make sure not to let an opportunity go by that he didn't meet a need, Mm -hmm. that he didn't lean in, that he didn't share warmth or pour out gobs of grace or forgiveness on somebody or encourage or, I don't know, perspective, like share all kinds of perspective or challenge people's perspective. Um, And I, I love that. I mean, he did it with Mary and Martha. He did it with Zacchaeus. He did it with Peter. I mean, he did it with Pharisees left and right. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Pharisees left and right. He was all, I mean, and not only that, but they were the opposition to him Mm -hmm. and he was still accepted their offers to come and eat a dinner and like hang out and share a meal. And then he would just, he just wasn't afraid to use those opportunities to kind of get at the things that mattered. Um, And for us, I mean, he was Jesus. Um, But for us, I think we just have to listen. We have to open our homes and invite people in and ask the Lord to use it. Um, and to show up and it doesn't have to be an in your face spiritual conversation. Mm -hmm. It can be that we're demonstrating God's heart to people by serving them, by caring for them, by seeing them and asking questions where they're like, you know, we're so busy and we're always, you know, there's that, what's that state? There's that quote or that phrase about, Something about loneliness. It's like, but you're in a crowd. There's uh-huh. a word. Somebody, you know what I mean? There's that new term. It's like. We're, we're surrounded crowd. by people, but we feel the loneliest we've ever felt or something yes. like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't remember what the term is, but basically it's like that you're lonely in a crowd. So yeah. you may be busy and you're with people all the time and coming and going. And now we're kind of back in the swing of things where we're working and we're at ball games and all that. And you just still feel so achy because really just because you're busy and surrounded doesn't mean anybody's looking at your face or your heart right. or your soul and saying, tell me about you. Mm. Who are you? Yeah. Tell me your story. Yeah. And you know, who's really good at that is Susie Davis. That's Very why you cried. Susie Davis. Yeah. Yeah. She's the best at it. She's the best. She's the best. She's the best. And I think there's something about slowing down and getting out of the 
the rat race mm-hmm. of just being around people and saying, Hey, I'm plucking you out of the yeah. circus of life and saying, Hey, why don't you, you bring your wife or whatever, and just come and sit with us and, and let's just visit and get to know each other. And it helps us to identify their needs and we mm-hmm. hear them and see them and make them feel mat- like they matter. Yeah. And I think Jesus did that really beautifully. I mean, he did it with Zacchaeus. There's a crowd and he literally pinpoints him in the mm-hmm. crowd and says, Hey, you, yep. I want to come to your house. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get to know your heart. Yeah. And Zacchaeus was like, I'm in. Yeah. And he didn't know what was in store for him because Jesus poured out grace and forgiveness in his life. And so I think too, like we, we sometimes get all caught up and like, okay, I'm, I'm having these people over and I, I need them to either think highly of me or I need to like, maybe I need to tell them about Jesus or whatever. And so many times we make it way more complicated than it actually is. And really it's just a matter of like being light in a world. And, you know, Jesus tells us all the time, like you're the light of the world. Like, you're like a city put on a hill you cannot be hidden and i think so often we forget that like just that we have jesus in us we have the holy spirit that we Mm -hmm. should be like just kind of emanating a smell and a look not a physical smell but you know what i mean like an aroma of jesus the aroma of christ yeah the aroma of christ is like what people will remember about us and Mm -hmm. what your whole message here what you're talking about is like using the space that god's given you whether that is your dorm room your apartment your your house with four teenagers or or one month old or Mm -hmm. you live with your mom and she's aging whatever it is like using the space that God has provided you with to really be the aroma of Christ. And Mm. I remember a couple of years ago, we had a big event at our house that our church was hosting. And so it wasn't like an Aaron and Jamie Ivy thing, but our church was hosting something and they had hired a catering and all it's a bunch of stuff. It doesn't matter. But afterwards we, we knew some of the people who were working there because uh, we like to frequent the same restaurants in town. And that's a whole nother conversation. But Aaron and I do that very intentionally because we want to get to know the people that are serving mm-hmm. us. I know that. I love that about you. Yes. And so I know that and it's I intentional. Love that. We love trying new places, but we always are like, let's go to the places where we know their names. And so one of the people that was working there, uh, we had seen him often at the restaurant because the restaurant was catered by a place we went often. So anyhow, he hung out and we like, showed him around and showed him the studio and we were just like talking afterwards and he said to Aaron and I he said something feels so different here he's like the people are so nice and I've never served a catering event and had people treat me this way and I I can kind of get teary-eyed and I'm not like Mm. patting Aaron and I on the back at all I'm only saying is that like if we're trying to act like Jesus and if we have the aroma of Christ, it is noticeable. And there are a million ways that I have not done that. But in that moment, it reminded me, we didn't tell him about Jesus. Like we didn't sit down and ask, if you were to die tonight, <laughs> do you know where you would go? None Oops. of that. It's, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. We literally just were kind to him. We literally just showed him around our house. We literally just spoke to him with dignity because he's a human made in the image of God. And that was biblical hospitality of him stepping into our house. And he wasn't even over for dinner. He was working there with the catering crew. Know. You know? Imagine if you had actually invited him over exactly. to like hang out. Imagine wow, if he, he was at our dinner out. table instead of serving outside. Well, but it was just this idea of like, man, we just want to look like Jesus. And, and, and you do that in your home. Yeah, 100%. John 13, 35 says... Um, this is how they will know that you are my disciples. This, this, like if I could underline it, bold it, all caps it and put sparklers around it. This is how they will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another, by the way you love one. That's right. That's, 
that's the mark of our mm-hmm. faith is yeah. how well we love people. Yeah. And we don't have to have a dry erase board. We just love people well because the because we as Christians, like we've been changed by the grace of God in our grossest. And he poured out his righteousness on us and has mm-hmm. loved us and made us like him. And we've got that heart in him, um, his heart in us. And you're right. It's the Holy Spirit in us. It's just Jesus in us. It's just mm-hmm. Jesus in us and the Holy Spirit gets in there and stirs the pot and does all the good stuff. And we just follow and obey him. And I, I think you're right. I used to mentor, um, well, I'm always kind of mentor girls, but there was a particular group of girls and several of them used that laundry detergent, that one that smells so fragrant. Okay. You know, that one, you have to special order it. I don't know, you know what I mean. Oh, I feel like Jamie, someone yes, told me about do. this on the show. It's like, super strong and fragrant and delicious okay i feel like this has been told to me on a show by something something that someone was loving but i do not have it so good yeah i don't either but there were a couple of girls in that bible study that did and every single time they walked by me you couldn't help but go Uh uh-huh like they would even leave the room and you could smell them or they would you would sit by them and you would almost just be compelled to lean a little closer Mm -hmm. and take it in. And I told those girls that we were, um, we were, what were you studying? Thessalonians, I think. And I just told them, I was like, that is what our life should look like in the world that we are walking so beautifully with the Lord. We're so spirit filled that when we walk by the way we speak to our neighbor, the way that we treat the person who puts the groceries in the back of our car, the caterer who came to your house, um, our cohort, how we conduct ourselves in our work environment, whatever, whatever it is, how we steward the things that have been given to us, whatever it is, we should do it in such a way that people literally get a whiff of it mm-hmm. and they want to lean closer and go, what is, what that? is that? I want to know more. Mm-hmm. I want to know what that is. And that's the beauty of hospitality. We are just called to love people really well. And if you love people, you serve people. That's that's hand in hand in scripture. And so what better place to do that than in our homes? If you can put a K-cup in a Keurig and pull a crank, you can show you hospitality. It. You got it. So you can do that. You can. Do, hey, I've, hey, I've seen you cook. You can do takeout. You can order pizza. You can have leftovers. Yep. You can just do whatever. You have popsicles on the patio if you're a mom with babies on your legs and you want to hang out with another mom for, for a purpose. Mm-hmm have popsicles and have her come over and sit and visit and lean in, build connection and community. That's all it is. And then ask the Lord to use it for his glory. And he does. Why wouldn't he? And so it's, it's a whole lot easier than the world has told us that it is. Well, and Amy, you do this so well, you bottled it, you teach it, you, you walk it, you guys, Amy's book comes out in a couple of weeks, gather and give sharing God's Mm -hmm. heart through everyday hospitality. This would be a great book for you to sit down and spend some time with. Read on your back porch with a friend. It'd be so, so good. Amy, thanks for this message. Uh, I want to know from you, what are you loving these days? Well, it's fall and I'm that girl. You're her? Girl. You are that girl? I'm her. Um, I've never been a pumpkin spice latte girl, but my daughter showed me or introduced me to the pumpkin spice cold brew. Have okay. you had that? I, I don't do pumpkin and I and I just, wait, I don't want to. In any, wait, back up. What do you mean? I, I don't. Like I, at all? No, I don't want to taste pumpkin. <laughs> but have you had my pumpkin bread? Pumpkin. Have you had good pumpkin bread? 
Okay, you know what? I'll take that back. I like pumpkin bread. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I, I'm baffled. This is what I think it is. Pumpkin pie is, is mm-hmm. my baseline here. And I can't do the texture of pumpkin pie. So therefore, pumpkin has got a bad rap in my book. And so it's hard for well, me. Well, I feel like you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater I, I did. I threw all, really everything need out have... with the pie. Mm, okay, well. Okay, need, well, I'm going to go get the cold good... brew. Okay, it's really good. It's not strong. It's really good. I don't like the other one. Um, cold brew is really good. I am. Well, I know you love your eye mask. Yeah, I send you pictures. It looks like a bra on my face. It's a bra that we put on our eyes at night. I cannot sleep without it. Now it has become did like you, a, a, a crutch for me. Did you start that or did Jen Jet start that? Or did you? I gave one to you? Jen Jet. Well, you gave it to Jen. Okay. Love that. Well, and then on that same note, I've been working so much in my store that I have been going to bed every single night with a um, heating pad on my low back. So here's mm-hmm. how I do it. I turn it on when I come in and I pull the blankets up. So it's holds the heat in. Then I go wash my face, brush my teeth, do all that. And then I get in the bed and all of it is toasty on my back. Mm. I I love it. I I have a little fear of being electrocuted in the night, which you would probably really nurse that fear because you're six. I have thought about that often, but I also sleep with a heating pad a lot for low back pain. I just think that as much as that fear pops into my mind, I just think it's 2022. I don't think we're making things that are actually going to electrocute us in our bed. I would think not. That's, that's I how I like that. It gives me comfort. Okay, great. You go there. It gives me um, comfort. And then I love all things soup. It's about to be soup season and braised meat. And I cannot wait to put giant hunks of meat into big pots with yummy liquid and just let it cook all day. I love I mean, soups I'm, for I'm dinner a, so much. It's one of my favorite things. I'm a fall person. I love it. All, all right. What are you reading? Jamie wants to know. Jamie wants to know. We want to know what you're reading. Okay, I have to tell you, you're going to be really proud of me. Oh, good. I can't wait. I think the last time you asked me this, you know, 28 years ago, I was not a reader and I have grown. Good. I've read, I think I've read 10 books this year. That's really good. That is more than probably most Americans read. So I'm very proud no, of you. No, that's not true. No, that's not true. I, I feel if, like I'm still lagging behind. No, no, no. I think if we did a survey, like I'm going to try to find one of how many books Americans read in a year. It was as many Americans as there are. That has to be the norm. Okay. Well, I feel really proud of that then. I was like, I'm I'm trying to tell you, I'm very proud of you. Well, listen, considering I probably had read one book in about over the course of about five years. This is, you're making my point. Um, Yes. Actually, let me say this. I finished 10 books. (laughs) I always start and don't finish. Okay. What have you loved out of them? Um, well, I've read The Nightingale. I mean, that's, well, those. I've, I read The Nightingale. Um, loved, loved it. it. I love historical fiction. I mean, I love all that. Do you love that? Have you read The Great Alone by no, her? No, I'm going to write it down. Ugh. Is it going to be in the show notes? Kristen Hannah. This is Kristen Hannah, yes. right? Yes. The Great Alone was so good. Okay. I cried and cried and cried at the end of that book. But also this summer I read by her The Four Winds. And I think that's her newest, okay. I think. Okay, I'm going to read so, them. So I good. loved her um, so much. Yeah, Um And then I also just read um, The Last Thing He Told Me. Did you read that? No, who's that by? I can't, I, don't ask me that. I don't know. It's, 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 we're lucky I've even read it. But let me say this. <gasps> Reese Witherspoon oh, I read it. Got, I read it. Got the rights yes. to it. And they just finished filming it. Oh, I did. I read that uh, last year, I think. Isn't that fun? I know. I'm staying behind the. Okay. So, also, I am about. So, what I'm about to read is the book called Edna. It's about Edna Lewis. Okay. You might love. You might love this. You and Story might love this book. I, I don't know. I haven't started it yet. 
Um, she was the first, I love a food memoir with my whole heart. I love a food memoir. And she was the first African-American cookbook writer in the South that I think was actually able to say that she was black. Wow. I think former cookbook authors in the South who were black couldn't actually divulge that they were African-Americans. And so she basically had a major influence on Southern cooking. Um, She was in Virginia. And so it's a food memoir of, of about her life. It's a bunch of essays and then some um, like interactions with her and stories about her and um, And some of her rest. No, it's not. Okay. Got it. I mean, it was probably written like maybe just a handful of years ago. Not terribly long, but her name is Edna Lewis. So I'm really excited about writing that or reading that because that sounds amazing. You know? Yeah. That sounds amazing. Um, okay. Another thing I love about your book, just to love one, is you have some recipes in there as well. And I just love a book that includes recipes. So Amy Hannon, thank you. It's always a joy to chat with You're you. The best. And thanks for coming on the happy You're hour. So fun. Thank you so much for listening to the happy hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive produced by Jamie Ivy, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, show notes by Ashley Miner, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend.